The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. So brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network. We're also sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. As always, I am Big Joe. I'm Carl Carafel. All right, Carl, another week come and gone in the world of professional wrestling here. Before we get to some WWE talk and some other stuff, you got to see some local wrestling last night. I did. Not so much local wrestling, but... It occurred a, locally. Yeah, it occurred locally. It's a tour that happens from Canadian wrestling's <clears throat> elite... Based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, they are on a 38-day wow. tour, and they stopped in Sault Ste. Marie last night. Awesome. So I was able to go to the show, and I'll just run through the, the card super quick here for us all. Um, they returned to the Sioux as part of the 10th anniversary tour, and what was the biggest CWE show that was held in the city to date. Uh, not necessarily the biggest when it comes to names and talents and stuff like that, but biggest in terms of turnout. Nice. So the turnout for this show was amazing, and hopefully when they return in December, on December 1st, we can get the same, if not better, of a turnout. New venue, we went to a place called Sioux Blasters here in the Sioux. It's almost like a... Like a no-name Dave and Buster's, yeah. let's say. So yep. it, it was a it was a decent place to have it. They had to use a smaller, lower to the ground ring because the ceiling is not as high in this place as it is in, let's say, uh, a gymnasium. Mm -hmm. But overall, it all worked out. Even a seven-foot giant <laughs> named Alex Ace was able to do anything that he needed to do inside of the ring. So it worked out nicely. Cool. So to start out the night, we had Sault Ste. Marie's own Diego Da Vinci defeating a debuting Matt Powers. Nice. And then we had the uh, CWE Tag Team Champion Roy Flash Gordon pinned Martin Payne after a sky-high frog splash. Nice. Then we had in the mid-match, we had WCW, ECW, and WWE Lucha Libre legend Psychosis taking on and besting Sin City Saint local guy Vinny Da Vinci in a very close contest. Awesome. 
The next match for the night was a tag team match, which saw the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and the Boston bruiser, Kevin O'Doyle, who were victorious over WXW Germany star Norman Harras, or Harris, and Spain's seven-foot giant and DDT star Alex Ace. Main event for the night showed us Hot shot, Danny Duggan, yeah. pinning the Belgian bull, Robin Leckin. So, overall, a very, very good night. Um, they're returning December 1st. Tonight, they are going to be, well, on record day, yeah. they're going to be in Blind River, Ontario. Yep. And they're going to be hitting Kirkland Lake. They're going to be hitting Sudbury. They're going to be hitting... Uh, the final stop on the tour is going to be in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where I believe they are partnering up in a small aspect with Smash Wrestling out nice. there. So hopefully that happens and we can see some big, great things coming from CWE and Smash Wrestling. And hopefully next time the tour can become a 45-day tour <laughs> and they go further throughout Canada. That's amazing too. When you go through the list of talent that you had just mentioned there, uh, representation from all over the world here, which, which I think was, was really cool. And what we're seeing branching out further, as you had mentioned, you know, we're going, we're going to Sudbury and, you know, it's culminating in, uh, in Toronto. So it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, maybe Danny, if you listen, you can venture down a little bit more South and maybe hit up the, the Brantford, the, the Hamilton area, but we'll, we'll see. And, um, you know, what's interesting with this is we're seeing, you know, this is the wrestling territory of Canada. This is essentially turning into, and it's, it's exciting and it's, it's, it's growing too, which is really encouraging and very cool to see happening. Definitely it is. All right, Carl. Well, going from that, something I've been wanting to pick your brain when it comes to this. The new Bray Wyatt gimmick that has come about here. What is your take on our new version of Bray Wyatt? Let's bring it on. Let's see what they're going to do with this. Mm-hmm. I Everybody keeps on saying, oh, you know, we don't like the old Bray Wyatt. We don't like what was happening. You, we need this to happen. We yeah. need that to happen. They're giving you different stuff all the time, and now they're giving you something a little bit more different and something that's a little bit um, weird and a little bit out of the norm for what they do. Yep. So, yeah, like this is fantastic. Keep it going and let's see where it goes with this, people. Don't just start crapping all over it because it looks very kiddish and cartoonish. I, I can already see this going to a psychotic-looking mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt who has gone a little bit nuts and is trying to make it through. I mean, like... Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, I've been seeing as well and hearing, you know, some some hate and some distaste for this. But, I mean, as soon as I started watching this, I was like, I was immediately intrigued. I mean, and it's very, there's a lot going on here. If you really pay attention, there's some subtleties going on. It's very multidimensional. You know, you're you're appealing and you're, you're touching on a lot of things there, you know, coming off very, very kind of childish, but kind of just weird enough to, to be kind of unsettling to and almost on the verge of being very adult. So it, it's very multi-layered and there's a lot going on. And first thing, you know, and I got to say too, that, you know, 
he looks physically very different and you could tell he's been really working on his physique. Not that there was anything wrong with that aspect of the original Bray Wyatt, but I think it's very fitting with this new character. That there's a little bit of a, of a different physical appearance too. So th- that's very interesting as well. And yeah. I, I, I'm digging it and I'm just, um, it's interesting that the creative direction that they're taking, which is frankly a little unusual in WWE right now. So as long as the right hands are on this character and on what's going on here, it, it does stand a chance. And it's very, very interesting, at least from my perspective and from yours as well, it seems. Yeah, definitely it is. So I'm looking forward. And the only thing that would maybe concern me a little bit is what is their in-ring aspect going to be like with him? That's the thing that's going to be interesting to watch. I, I think you're probably going to have almost almost Jake the Snake Roberts be good type of of character, a type of moveset when he come in, comes to, to in the in-ring work. You're really going to see him kind of slow the pace down a little bit and be very methodical with things. I think that's how it's going to be. I think very much in that same vein to the, the less is more approach is going to be, I think pretty critical here. If you do yeah. too much, if you had, you can't have him, you know, not to take anything from PCO kind of stuff. But, you know, I love that, but you don't need to go too far with it. You just have him, like you said, a la Jake, the snake, you know, just, um, you know, no wasted uh, strength or uh, energy or moves wasted. there. just, right down to the essentials and oh, it has some potential. I'm excited and very optimistic to see uh, what that's going to be like going forward. Yeah, definitely it will be. And we'll see if maybe they can incorporate maybe a Nikki cross or, you know, maybe they could make this into a larger stable, but I think for now let's uh, build his character and what we'll see where it goes. <clears throat> yeah. At this point, I don't want to see him with anyone else. No, not at all. No. All right. So going from that to Mr. Dean Ambrose, so we saw, I mean, it'll be a bit of a later topic as well, but it's a little unusual the way that this has kind of gone about here. It seems as though that he's left, but I think in the bigger scope of things, I think that this is more of a an extended kind of leave of absence almost for him to just have some time off to maybe build towards something in the future, maybe some kind of big return or something along those lines. That's what I'm expecting here. I'm honestly not expecting a whole lot out of this. I'm really, really not. I mean, they hyped everything up to um, the point where it was, he's leaving. Yeah. And they said that he was leaving. And they did this whole, you know, Shields final final stand and did all of this. And and it it was almost like a good fitting way for him to kind of go and do whatever he has to do Mm -hmm. whether he comes back or not here nor there they gave him a nice fitting exit from the company and i'm happy with it yeah for sure you know and i think that maybe it'll just um, morph into maybe like a backstage role maybe a coaching type of role which i would be perfectly fine with yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and since you kind of mentioned that, we had it further down on the run here, but we'll, we'll mention it now. Did you get to watch that uh, Shield Network uh, special that happened? Because I haven't yet. I just caught the last little bit of it. Um, from what I, I, I can see is that it really was only, um, it was almost like it was a one-hour 
house show that was done. That's there were different matches and stuff that happened before, and then the Shield just kind of came out at the end. Yeah, uh, and you know that was really about it. So, well, then it was kind of weird with this whole thing that they've gone about. Is it felt like there were just the too many of the okay, we're bringing the Shield back together for one last time, and then okay, so. Are we going to do it? No, 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 it's not quite the last time. Let's do it again one more last time. And just, it, it was like two or three times now where we're, okay, we're bringing them back for the last time. And just, it, it got a little nauseating. Um, so it was, I, I don't know, just the, the, their whole approach, I think, was a, a little wacky there with the, the, the wording of that uh, saying one last time every time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the wording for it was terrible <laughs> and it was, it was off. 100% <laughs> it was off. Right. Like no. they, they, but then again, you've had them use, you know, Shield Reunion how many times? Yeah, that's it, right? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, to use Shield Reunion again would have been like, eh, yeah, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to play on those words. Yeah, we'll see. This very well could be for the last time ever again, but we'll see in the future. <laughs> As we've famously said on this podcast, in the wrestling business, you can never say Never. So who knows? Right. Something could always happen later on down the road. Now, pretty soon we're going to have the money in the bank paper. And I thought we'd break down the big match set to happen. And so the man, the man's money in the bank ladder match is going to involve a Drew McIntyre, Cesaro, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and Aleister Black, Andrade, and Lars Sullivan. We have a really interesting mix of guys here. So I figured we'd break down an early prediction to see who we see winning this whole thing here. What do you think, Carl? I think it's going to come down to two people. It's going to come down to Drew McIntyre and Ricochet. Interesting. Um, Cesaro has already been there. Rey Mysterio's already been there. Aleister Black, I think that they've got some bigger and better things yeah. for him. Um, Andrade, I think, still is kind of at that mid-card level and not ready to rise to the ranks of a... Uh, World Championship. Um, Lars Sullivan, it's just too early. With him just coming back and WWE trying to make us believe that he was never there before, um, even though WWE today or yesterday just posted a uh, list this, and w- including Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Um, right? So, yeah, it's it's... One of those two. Drew McIntyre, because definitely deserving. You know, he's been around for so long and and has been a staple with the company for uh, a long time before and has come back again, Mm -hmm. right? And then uh, Ricochet, there's just so much hype around Ricochet that I think that that definitely could work. And with the, the Lars Sullivan angle, too, you, there's a couple things to keep in mind here uh, with him being a bigger dude. At least the, they're presenting him as a bigger guy. You know, he is a very large stature, but he's, a, he's not really that tall of a guy. As you can run into a couple of issues. We know that there's the bit of the history with the, the, the anxiety there. So, you know, will he be able to handle um, that type of role? And you could run into the situation with a bigger guy. Does a bigger guy really need this briefcase when he's the kind of guy that can just go and destroy his opponent, right? So putting the briefcase on the bigger man, you know, we saw what it did to Braun Strowman, right? I think we can, most of us can kind of agree that that was a bit damaging to him. So I think we could steer clear of Lars for the time being. I definitely agree that Drew McIntyre is definitely deserving of a main event push. And if I had to go for a second pick, I think just because 
we know that um, you know there's a relationship with uh, with a certain Charlotte Flair that I think maybe increases his uh, you know presence in the company. But I think Andrade is is also a uh, definite possibility. But uh, yeah. Drew McIntyre, I think you know he's got he's in my opinion he's always had that big main event pitcher look to him. We know Vince was very high on him before, and not so much for a little while. But I mean this guy. I mean, he's got the the international presence. He's got just the size presence. He has, the, you know, he has, you know, he checks off most boxes that you need of a main event player. <clears throat> yep. So uh, that would be my pick, Drew McIntyre to win the Money in Bank ladder match. So we'll see what happens with that. So venturing slightly out of WWE, but not really. Uh, we had mentioned in our previous episode that the Undertaker was set for an appearance at Starcast, and apparently also was Kurt Angle. Now we're hearing that neither of them are going to be there. That's right. From what I've seen and from what I've read, it's it's not anything. Um, there's no heat on Taker. There's no heat on, uh, you know, Kurt Angle. There's not even any heat on the one who was booking mm-hmm. Starcast either. It just happened that things were not gone about in the right way. And WWE and Vince McMahon is showing that they are the bigger people Mm -hmm. and the bigger guys and the bigger company and that they rule, in a sense, they rule Mm -hmm. the world of professional wrestling, entertainment-wise. Yes. And going, no, you, you didn't go through the proper channels. You didn't do the proper things that you were supposed to do to get these people or to get these WWE characters at StarCast, yeah. so no, they're not going to be there. But like I said, there's no heat on anybody in this situation. It's just kind of a power play mm-hmm. by Vince McMahon and the WWE. Because I think the way, main way this is being interpreted, and to a certain extent, uh, I'm kind of inclined to agree that it's very much coming across as a Vince McMahon feels intimidated, so he's getting them out of there. We know Undertaker is likely going to be at this Saudi show, which we're going to mention for a little bit uh, here later on as well, so that uh, he got them onto that show so that they couldn't make this appearance at StarCast. Kurt Angle, uh, don't really know yet. You're, you're, you're always throwing around this, uh, Vince McMahon is intimidated. I don't think Vince McMahon is intimidated by nothing. Mm-hmm. He, he, there's no reason for him to be intimidated by a couple of guys going and doing StarCast. There's no reason for him to be intimidated by all elite wrestling starting yeah. up. There's no reason for him to be intimidated by Ring of Honor and NWA teaming up together and including New Japan Pro in there. Vince McMahon doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's making his money no matter what. True. So anyone who says Vince McMahon is intimidated by something happening, I think is a whole bunch of hogwash. Oh no, and I, like I said, I agree for the for the most part. You know, and I, I'm just glad too that that they haven't gone the angle. You know, bringing Vince on TV to mention them in any sort of capacity because then I really think then you're 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 splitting your attention there. You're bringing attention to this other company that's out there. So I'm glad that they haven't done that yet because we saw a little bit of it with Hunter at the the Hall of Fame ceremony, and I thought that that was a little unnecessary. But you know. But uh, I'm just glad that Vince himself hasn't, you know, really addressed it. So to keep it kind of below the radar and keep the focus on his company. I think in all honesty, and all is fair in business. If, if Triple That's H true. mentions, you know, 
all elite wrestling in some sort of capacity yeah. at the Hall of Fame. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Never once did they mention what company. That's true. Right? So only insiders or hardcore fans that really know where Billy Gunn has gone to mm-hmm. would understand and get it. Right? So That's if they true. were to come out and, and start kind of throwing these little jabs, it's only going to make for better business, I think. Just like we had back in the Monday Night War era. Mm-hmm. When that was happening, they were throwing jabs left, right, and center at each other. Uh, more WCW throwing jabs at WWE. But look what happened once they started doing that. Yep. WCW became the biggest company, the highest ratings, the most watched show. So, yeah, maybe this is all, you know, maybe it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's WWE's attempt now to get the focus back on themselves. Because it worked for WCW, so why shouldn't it work for the WWE? Yeah, well, that's that's a very good point. You know, once AEW starts to grow, which I mean, uh, it's a foregone conclusion, I think. You know, maybe not necessarily, but uh, we haven't seen an actual show done yet. But uh, it'll be interesting. But I really don't think that that this approach of the two going head to head is good, especially for AEW. We mentioned it before. I think that they just need to focus and forge their own path and to not, uh, you know, poke the beast too much because it uh, could be your undoing. So I think that uh, if they focus on being good professional wrestling, then it stands a chance. If they try and write up the beast too much, that is WWE, you know, there could be some issues going down that road. And that's, and that's the whole thing. They haven't been. Yes. There's been none of that at all. No. They are just slowly trying to build. And everybody always says, oh, we haven't seen anything from AEW yet. Technically. All In. All In was technically the beginnings of All Elite Wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, there's no denying it. It definitely was. Yeah. So they put on, they've, they've essentially put on a show already. And yeah. that show was All In. And they're going to be doing All In 2, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, there's going to be another show that's technically All Elite Wrestling. Yes, that's So, true. yeah, they've already put on shows, and they had amazing buy rates, and they had amazing numbers, and they were they did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it was you know arguably one of the biggest independent shows of all time. And something recently, I know it's not on the run here, and I actually have it uh, set up to actually. We were, once we're done recording, I'm gonna go back and watch it. Uh, sort of mention it to you, the uh, Crockett Cup uh, show that happened. I, I've got it all set to watch, and because uh, I had mentioned that those new NWA Tag Team Championship belts, which are absolutely amazing and gorgeous, they look like the old Pedro Morales belt. Wow! When I first saw it, I was like, wow, this is impressive, right? So. Definitely going to be checking that out. I know it's uh, Villa Enterprises and Flip Gordon and Bandito and a bunch of, there's a lot of representation from Ring of Honor and they're saying definitely going to check out that show as it looks. And then they went for a really old school kind of presentation too, which I think is fantastic. So I'm uh, definitely going to be watching that after we're uh, done recording this podcast. <clears throat> I think I think we have to, so that people might really really understand when you keep saying the Pedro Morales belt yes most people don't understand it that way yeah. you say the backland belt mm-hmm. everybody understands gotcha so for anyone that didn't understand and is now like kind of going to their phone and being <laughs> like hey, the Pedro Morales belt yes. it's the backland belt gotcha 
essentially. The backland belt was was more on like uh, like like a greenish kind mm-hmm. of uh, strap. Yep. But yeah, I mean Pedro Morales held that belt as well, mm-hmm. definitely. But it was you know became a little bit more famous by. Bob Backlund, and that's why it's more called the Backlund belt. And it's one of the ones that's available through the the Fandu belts, right? Because you have the, the big gold through them. They they make a replica of this other one as well, correct? Yes, they definitely do. Yeah, I remember they seeing make a that. fantastic replica of it. So yeah, um, if you people have not checked out, uh, shameless plug right here for uh, for Fandu belts. Go check out FanduBelts.com, and they make uh, four different. Uh, championship belts they've got a uh, big gold they have got the backland belts they have got the uh the andre the giant uh belts from 1986 that was made for him um as well as they now have a uh, bulldog tag team championship belt uh that you can get with either a uh wonder woman looking fwf (laughs) logo Or you can get with uh, with a crown as the logo. Um, all of them are amazing quality belts. Uh, you're looking eight millimeter thick are the plates. Nice weight to them, and they come on a very nice fake leather strap. Yeah. Uh, no details to the strap, but the strap is very uh, flimsy. It's very it's it, it feels very real. And we've even seen uh, some pictures, you know, of course, we follow a lot of independent wrestlers through social media and whatnot, and we're seeing their actual belts used as actual title belts in these other promotions. So it's uh, it's uh, pretty cool to see that, uh, you know, you essentially, Carl, have a belt that's, <laughs> that's essentially a championship title for some of these independent promotions out there, which I think is pretty darn cool. Since we're already talking about it here, yeah. I just want to find this quick here for us. Um, I'm part of the uh, of, of the Facebook page for for these belts here, yep. and there was somebody that went and got them, got a, got a bunch of them autograph or got a bunch of autographs on their big gold belts, and they had actually um, had a few legends that signed it. There were four legends that signed it, nice. and each one of them had something to say about this belt. So I just want to cool. read this to you guys so that you understand, okay? So this person got their Fandu Big Gold signed by Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Booker T, and Kevin Nash. So Bret Hart says, wow, that's better than the original. (laughs) Ric Flair said, that is beautiful, wow. Kevin Nash says, oh man, you got the real deal. Let me hold this. Wow, that weighs as much as the original. And Booker T says, where did you get this? This is amazing. Do you want to sell it? How much do you want for it? That's awesome. So just that right there, having four legends of the business that have that have all held that belt at one point or another to say that the Fandu belts are amazing, there you go. Yeah, those are some pretty uh Good, big words, some awesome words there from people who have held that actual title. So that's uh, yeah. a uh, glowing endorsement there for sure. So some other interesting stuff with WWE. Um, I've seen this in, in a few places here. So it, there seems to be some rumblings about this, that WWE, and we mentioned it before that we wouldn't think that this guy would fit in to 
you know, the WWE scene and especially the context that this character is in. Joey Ryan, uh, WWE is apparently interested in having him, maybe not so much as an on-screen presence, but a behind-the-scenes, uh, more of like in a coach-type role here. I'm kind of interested by this because I think that there's some interesting potential for him in that kind of a position. There definitely would be. And I mean... Unfortunately, anything that's out there, until something actually happens, we have to take it with a grain of salt. That's true. Because the, anybody could put out there that the WWE is interested in um, Big Bird and interested in bringing Big Bird in for they already do that? whatever, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and people would share it and they would retweet it and they would Facebook it and after uh, you know a little while, every every journalist source would be all over it, and they, they WWE's hiring Big Bird for five million dollars over three years, and it, it just would blow up. It definitely would. So I take it worth a grain of salt at this point, mm-hmm. but with the concept of Joey Ryan coming in as a trainer or a mentor in like an NXT type of setting, I think would be phenomenal. The guy knows what he's doing. He essentially has gotten his character over with everybody, whether it's a good over or a bad over. (laughs) It's still over. It is over. And he did that himself. So if they brought him in for a character development type of, of, uh, you know, role, definitely I'm all for that. You know, if we were to rewind the clock and be sitting here talking about professional wrestling, and if you were to tell me that a wrestling character that is doing matches that is claiming to have a magic penis that can suplex people and that that was going to get over, whether in a good way or a bad way, if you would have told me that, I would have said you were insane. Okay. (laughs) You know, that really a guy with a magical penis can do this and it's going to be interesting? No. But damn it, the guys managed to do it. And it, it's still, you know, yeah, yeah, some people have gotten tired of it and whatnot and whatnot, but he's still being talked about. It's still relevant. So that's a win, regardless. Yep, it definitely is. You know, so, you know, we even mentioned uh, that we were even talking about it possibly with him and Undertaker. It's even been a topic on this podcast. So, you know what? The fact that we're still talking about him means that there's still an interest there. So I think that, that over time, something that WWE may be interested in capitalizing it in some respect. Yeah. Definitely not um, the actual character that we've been seeing on network television. So that there's just no way that that can happen. I think in a PG sort of manner, there's just no yeah, way. No, so. not at all. All right, so going from uh, that to uh, something that um, has been going on, I haven't really had a chance to kind of address this whole thing with you here. The War Raiders have gone from, oh, they're, they're still someone in NXT apparently, had their name changed from the Viking Experience to Ivar and Eric. Uh, they, they changed like their actual names too, to now they're the Viking Raiders. Um so many flip-flops and name changes here. It was, it was it got a little hard to follow, but they settled on something that I think could copyright issue can almost be even more of an issue. You have Viking and Raiders. These are the names of NFL football teams that could potentially go after them for this. Well, I mean, even on top of that, I'm thinking Viking. Uh, there's a television show called Vikings, yeah. right? And, and then when you think Raiders, most people of our generation think Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not too. Right? So Disney, you're getting to Disney territory there. 
right? Yeah. Like we're coming into a whole bunch of different Ugh. territories there. But I, I no, I, I like it. I think it works. Yeah. Like, leave it the way that it is now. I don't think that there's going to be any type of issue or backlash because it's all one together. It's not the you know, it's not the Vikings. Mm-hmm. It's not the Raiders. Yeah. They're the Viking Raiders. Yeah. Right? And and I, I totally get, you know, why why the name change, um, you know, coming onto mainstream television, uh, having the word war in in your name probably uh, is not one of the best uh, things. And I get it. Yeah. I mean, boo-hoo, snowflakes, get over it. Right. But, um, mm. I mean, I, I, I understand it. So, honestly, I think Viking Raiders works. I mm-hmm. think it definitely does. Mm-hmm. And like we've mentioned before on, on this podcast, uh, the whole Viking thing is really making a comeback again. Yeah. And you got the television show Vikings – Right. I mean, so well of a show that Mark Hamill had to become part of it. Interesting. Right. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you know, if it's that good and and Mark Hamill is making his way into this because he wants to be part of something as great as as great as that is. I mean, we're talking Mark Hamill was in the greatest of all times Star Wars that is still continuing today. <laughs> yep. And now he wants to be part of this. Yep. Wow. So the Viking stuff is really getting over with everybody right now. Yep. I shouldn't say everybody, but it's getting over hardcore yep. right now. <laughs> so for them to use Viking Raiders, yep. it's kind of playing off a little bit of everything for them. Uh, I'm glad that they, for me, at least myself, I'm glad they didn't settle on the Viking experience. I mean, yeah, it kind of sparked, even our last episode here was called, uh, you know, it was basically a play of words on that. And there have been a lot of memes and stuff uh, to go along with it. So you could argue that, that it kind of got over in kind of a strange kind of a way. But I think going forward, I mean, that it seemed like there was such a backlash. They were like, oh, okay, okay, we, we get it. You know, we'll, we'll pick something that makes a little bit more sense instead of just going. I think um, our last guest, uh, Ryan K. Bowen, mentioned it was kind of like a name randomizer. It felt like they did it with that. So uh, they picked something that I think makes a little bit more sense and isn't quite as maybe hokey, maybe the better way to, to express it. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my only issue with the Viking experience, because I think that if people weren't so critical, it could have worked as well, definitely. My only issue with it is that it these guys literally are, like, they live that lifestyle. They do. They live the Viking lifestyle. Yep. And to call them the Viking experience just makes them seem like they're, uh, they're cosplay. Yeah. Right, like that's how it, how it made it feel is mm-hmm. that ah they're just cosplay they're just the Viking experience yeah right yeah so yeah and I would have been fine with had it been the Viking experience and and they kind of ran with it yeah. but yeah the power of the people yeah. I mean unfortunately people aren't ever happy with anything that happens. <laughs> this is very anymore. true. And they always want that their voice is the one that's heard yep. and things have to change because they say so. There you go people, you're getting it. <laughs> and then you're going to complain about that too. changing the name so many times. <laughs> right? Like yeah. For for me just at the end of the day as long as they let them be who they are, you know, you you let Hansen do, you know, that crazy stuff that a bigger man like himself shouldn't be able to do. Let, let them still 
be how they are character-wise and in the ring and just don't downplay these guys and and do the stereotypical big man stuff with them. Just let those guys be what they are and don't mess around with them too much. That's right. At the end of the day, really, the name is irrelevant as long as they're still doing what they need to do to get to, um, to get over with us. Yeah. All right. So going from that, Carl, we had mentioned uh, we were talking briefly, but this another Saudi Arabia show is set to happen here. Uh, it's going to be happening on June seventh, and what's actually ended up happening here is uh, backlash was set to happen on June sixteenth. So essentially, from what I'm hearing, the either the date has been changed for backlash or it's just already been canceled because it's almost essentially a scheduling con- conflict here and think they were just too close together. We had kind of mentioned this before that WWE is trying to do too much and that they were uh, starting to get a little disorganized. I think this is a prime example of this actually happening now. I mean, it, it could be a prime example of it actually happening or it could be, um, that they're listening to all of the snowflakes out there who were saying, you're giving us too much content. You're giving us too much to watch. You're giving us too many pay-per-views. We don't have time to watch all of it. So they're like, screw you. We're taking one out. How about that? Yeah, right. And now diff- people are all in an uproar. Oh, you canceled backlash. How could you do that? You canceled backlash to go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You entitled piece of crap. There are people other than yourself in the world who would like to see professional wrestling live for themselves and especially a WWE program. Mm -hmm. So you get professional wrestling where you are or you're able to travel to 16 different times out of the year and you're going to complain because they canceled one pay-per-view so that they can give people over in Saudi Arabia a pay-per-view and a show that they can go to, quit your complaining, move on, get over it, stop being whiny little beeps, and stop feeling so sorry and entitled. I have no love lost for anybody that wants to complain about Backlash being canceled. Oh, wow. I, I think I hit a nerve with you on this topic here. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this of all the topics to get uh, that uh, reaction. For me, the, the biggest thing with this is, is that I always figured that, that or at least recently, the backlash was the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, but it looks like it's going to be money in the bank first and then backlash. So it's a little flip-flop there, sort of. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, the, the Saudi Arabia show, you know, the last one that had happened, I still have not watched that and I have no intentions on it. Um, this one, I don't know. I'm, I still have the, still have a really mixed bag kind of feeling when it comes to the Saudi Arabia stuff. I think, I think anybody who is in your type of a situation and, and, and not getting like, not getting heated with you at all, but I'm just saying, get over yourself. You want professional wrestling. You want to see the product, Mm -hmm. but yet they're going to show you the product from a different area. That's not north american and you're not gonna watch it but yet you'll go and you'll watch new japan pro all the time true right and those new japan pro stars are coming to north america for with ring of honor and with the nwa and the ring of honor and nwa stars are going to you know going over to, to japan and working there but you're you're more than happy to watch all of that but as soon as the wwe goes outside of north america you're all up in arms and i don't want to watch this I can't watch this. Ooh, 
some people gave bad reviews online, so I'm not watching it. Mm. For me, I think it's, it's it's a matter of get over yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you wanted products. They're giving you product. Yeah. And now you're complaining that they're giving you product from somewhere different than where you are. Right? So, like, that's that's yeah. how it feels. That's how it feels. A lot of people are looking at this and saying, I'm not watching it because it's from Saudi Arabia. Do you know what's happened politically over there? Do you know what's happened politically in your own country? True. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the main issues is that people still have this negative perception uh, when it comes to the Middle East and whatnot, right? And some of the things that have been going on. So I think that that's, I think uh, a big issue that I think that some people are having when it comes to this whole situation. Maybe so, but think yeah. of it from the other side. The United States goes out there, unzippers their pants and waves around their large member all the time and goes into all these other countries. That's true. And, and, <clears throat> and is still in countries where they've gone and captured the person that they were looking for mm-hmm. 10 years ago now. Yeah. But yet they feel they need that they still need to push their own weight and be in those countries. So these people on the other side who are still watching the WWE product that's happening in North America, mm-hmm. but yet hate North America. Yeah. Right. So I think the people over there have a better understanding that this is an entertainment and has nothing to do with the politics and has nothing to do with the country. Yeah. This is entertainment for us. Yeah. Uh, definitely some worthwhile points there. Absolutely. I would uh, definitely have to agree with you on, uh, uh, on, on that aspect of that, you know, and Jeff, for me, just one of the m- more disappointing parts about, you know, the, the lash what happened there was the fact, uh, what was the whole, the whole Shawn Michaels and said, I really feel that if he was going to, and we talked about, I talked about this on Jargo when I was on hitting the marks this week that uh, we felt that, you know, if he was really going to come back for one last match in WWE, it should have been at WrestleMania and not a show like that. Because, I mean, he was Mr. WrestleMania. He was the showstopper. You know, that, that's uh, we, we even our last segment for our show, we, we borrowed from that uh, whole thing. I, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I'm not as, as big of a Shawn Michaels fan as you are, but I definitely uh, enjoyed watching him over the years, you know, probably more than the majority of them out there. I just, I, I really think that his, if he was going to do a comeback, it should have been at WrestleMania maybe versus like an Undertaker or something like that, just at, at that moment. Um, but your results may vary, not just yeah, for you, but my, for our listeners as well. Yeah, my, I mean, mine definitely do. Yeah. I mean, I, he's able to do whatever the hell he wants. That's true. And if this is what he wanted to do, it was, it was almost such a low key event. Mm-hmm. This, this last show in Saudi Arabia that it, it, to most people, Shawn Michaels still hasn't wrestled. Yeah. Right. Because lots of people don't even have the network still. And they, they're not even aware of this show that happened yeah. because they really didn't talk too much about it on the actual WWE programming, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. There really wasn't a lot of mention about any of it happening, right? Mm-hmm. So to most people, he still hasn't wrestled anything after he retired. True. I know differently. I know that yeah. he has. Would I have liked to have seen it some somewhere different? Sure. But... Am I upset that it happened in Saudi Arabia? No, because I understand as somebody who is a fan and who has been part of the business that you want to see your favorites, Mm -hmm. whether they 
are 80 years old or whether they are 20 years old, if they are your favorite and you have not had the opportunity to see them and the opportunity comes up for you to see them, yeah, you're going to do whatever you can to make sure that that happens. And as somebody who was a worker at one point, I did everything I possibly could to make sure that my fans were happy. 100%. If it meant that I had to duck out of work super quick, which I've done, (laughs) I ducked out of work, I took my lunch break, an extended lunch break, I threw on my gear, I went out there, I did a show involving uh, Zach Gowan, I finished up, I threw my work clothes back on, Got a quick picture with Zach Gowan with a big mark on my forehead because I got kicked in the face. Went back to work because that's what you do for your fans. So I think that that's exactly what this was. Shawn Michaels was just doing something for the fans because it's what you do as a worker. I can't believe for as long as I've known you for and talked to you about wrestling, this is the first time I'm hearing this story. Really, I never would have expected. I would expect it to maybe come up with like a, another guest or something like that. But to come from my own co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Carl Carefell actually during a lunch break at work went in ahead and had a match with a former WWE competitor, and then um, went back to work after. <laughs> what did you do on your work break, Carl? I went and did a wrestling match. Right, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually, I didn't wrestle Zach Gowan. Yeah, I was part of a battle part royal us, that yeah. happened. Yeah, but Zach Gowan was the name on the card. Yeah, right. So I was able to go out there, do this battle royal, get <laughs> awesome. kicked in the face, over the top rope, change back into my work clothes, <laughs> get a quick picture awesome. with Zach who was in the back, and then back to work. That's crazy and awesome yeah. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here and we're going to come back with our showstopper segment. And we're going to look at WWE versus is independent and us or other wrestling and how that, uh, well, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I don't want to give away too much of it. So we're going to take a brief break here and we'll be right back. What's up, Turnbuckle Talk listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast as well as HTM Sports right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Joe and Carl, then chances are you'll love Rick and I as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button and make sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship right here on the HTM Podcast network at hittingthemarks.com This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of thegorillaposition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carefell back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and if you have been listening this entire time, you know that my voice is starting to strain a little bit 
So here we go, everybody. We are at that favorite point of the show, the show stopper segment. Yeah, that's about all I can give to you today. <laughs> no worries, no worries. But we do have an interesting topic here. So over the period of time of us watching professional wrestling, things have really changed a lot. We start At least for myself, I started off watching WWF at the time, pretty religiously and mainly just that. And then it morphed into when the Monday Night Wars started, very much a flipping back and forth between watching WWE and WCW. And then more recently, you know, since we become a you know, a show on the internet radio and then now a podcast, it's very much turned into the majority of the professional wrestling that I watch now isn't the big company of WWE anymore. It's Ring of Honor, it's Impact, it's NWA, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's CWE, it's local wrestling in the form of MCW. I, for the most part now, percentage-wise, I probably watch about 75% of everything else and about 25% of WWE at this point. I would have to say that mine is is probably 50-50 because I I do have the network, Mm -hmm. so I'm able to watch uh, new and older product and stuff that happens. I'm always watching uh, NXT. It tapes for me. NXT UK tapes for me. So I've always got that going as well. Um, Yeah, so I mean, for me, it's about 50-50 because I have Impact that tapes as well, and I have Ring of Honor that tapes too. Um, I try to catch Raw as as best I can, and I try to catch SmackDown as best I can as well. Um, But anything that happens on the network, I'm watching. So for myself, I, I, I would say that it's probably uh, probably 50-50. Oh, 50-50, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think we, you know, overall in the bigger scope of things, I, th- I think we'd uh, essentially almost kind of be in agreement that, you know, when it comes to the the quantity or at least uh, like how much we watch WWE has started to uh, decrease over the years, or at least recently. Would you say? For some people, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. For myself, I, th- th- that's a sentiment that I definitely have. That I just I find, you know, especially with the, the weekly content, you know, with Raw and SmackDown combined, I mean, that's just five hours. And, damn, you know, there's occasionally, you know, a month goes by and then, you know, I'll try and sit through it. And it just sits. I just feel that, that the weekly content, Raw and SmackDown, as somebody who's been a longtime fan, just feels like my intelligence gets insulted as a fan when I watch Raw and SmackDown. It's gotten to that point with me. And for some, you know, it, it, it definitely is. It's at that point for a mm. lot of people. Um, I take it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, nothing is ever going to be perfect for everybody, yeah. and I get that. Um, I take it for... I, I think it might be different for somebody who has been in the business and who has been in the ring and actually worked, yep. right? Just just the fan who has never stepped inside of a ring and worked as a professional wrestler, I don't think that they have the same respect as somebody else who has worked in the business. Myself, working there, not in the WWE, but no. working in a professional wrestling ring gives me a better understanding, I think, of what actually happens and what these people go through on a day-to-day basis inside that ring. So if somebody botches a move once in a while, or if somebody doesn't seem as though they're as quick as they should be, 
I understand why, because I know the toll it takes on your body. So I have a much higher respect for the person and the work that they're doing as opposed to, oh, I'm getting bored because it's just not the same as it used to be, right? So I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard. And, and, and I like that you have never worked in a wrestling ring. You've gotten into one and taken a couple of bumps, so you, you kind of understand, <laughs> yep. but you've never been on the road and you've never gone and actually traveled and, and worked in front of crowds and, and done that, that type of stuff, whereas I, I have done that. I mean, at the last CWE show that just happened last night, I, I went to say uh, you know goodbye to Danny Duggan. Um, and there, he was talking with somebody, so I kind of just stepped back and waited, and he, he saw that I was standing there, and he's like, come yep. on over. So I go over, and I'm like, Danny, thank you again. Awesome show tonight. Good to see you, buddy, and uh, anything you need, let me know for next time that you're here. And the guy that he was sitting with looks over at me, and he goes, you used to wrestle, didn't you? And I said, yes, I did. Yeah. And he goes, you were Carl Carafel, weren't you? And I'm like, I still am, sir. <laughs> and and it just just something like that, right? Yeah. So I, he knew who I was as being that person who has yeah. been in the business and worked the shows. So I have a different understanding when it comes to somebody who hasn't. And I like that we have that different understanding between the two of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what makes us an interesting duo as a, as a podcast here, you know, is that we have those different uh, perspectives. You know, I, I'm from the outside looking in, whereas you've been in there taking the bumps, taking the moves, you know, and one of the reasons what, that makes you a great co-host is that we get that perspective from somebody who's really been in there. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And we're not going to agree on everything all the time. We've said that before that, uh, you know, that's one of the beauties of doing this is that, uh, you know, if we all, if we both of us agree on everything every single week on every topic, it would get a little stale. Yeah, it definitely would. So, and I mean, even, even this episode, we haven't agreed on, on things. No, most of it, we haven't. (laughs) So, yeah. Right. So yeah, it makes for good conversation. I think. Absolutely. All right, Carl, it's about time to wrap it up for another week here. But before we go, we need to make sure and mention our sponsors again. Definitely. We have two sponsors right now, and we are always open to more sponsors. So if you are listening to this podcast and want to be a sponsor for Turn Buckle Talk, get a hold of us first on our social medias at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I run the majority of those social medias, so you will be talking to Carl Carafel himself when you access those options. Our sponsors include HypeCityVapors.com. If you are a vapor like myself, check out Hype City Vapors for amazing flavored e-juice for your vape. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 15% off your entire order. As always, I am wearing my collar and elbow brand hat. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. The link for our personal collar and elbow uh, space is available on our social media sites. You can click on that link and it'll take you directly to our portion of that site. Check out all the amazing gear that they've got. They just put a spring drop out. 
amazing new merchandise for both the men and women. More included for the women in there. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off the entire order. When you do, it, we get a little bit of a kickback for that. So not only are you going to get some amazing gear for yourself, you're also helping to support the podcast in a little way, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. And of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play Music, iTunes, and the majority of those other podcatchers out there. And of course, we are powered by the GorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network and also presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And speaking of social media, just before we do go, Carl, to give you a bit of an idea, we were talking about social media and the, the, the span of this episode happening. I have six pending friend requests from other professional wrestlers on Facebook that have sent me requests. So I'm going to, uh, after we wrap things up here, I'm going to accept. And uh, who knows, maybe a future guest will come out of that group. That's right, hopefully. <laughs> All right, Carl. It is time to wrap it up. So we will see you guys on the next one. See you real soon. This is Gunstar Hero of London Rising, and you are listening to Carl and Joe on Turnbuckle Talk.